And uh, all the punishments that he's predicting, Shem Hashem, that Eli's family are going to suffer. And we left off with Pasuk Lamedadad, and that is that the voice, the sign that this is all going to come true, is the fact that both of Eli's sons, Chokin and Pinchas, will die on the same day. So the first thing we see is that the punishment didn't start right away. In other words, Eli himself didn't see all these things happen, neither did Chafni Pinchas. They died. That was the, started to be the beginning of the punishment of the family. It was only future generations of Eli's family uh, who suffered as a result of the mistakes of Eli and his sons. And obviously the question is that why would they suffer from, uh, for the mistakes of a different dog? It's not just a question on B'nai It's really a question throughout the Tanakh. Because we find this is a han- steady Hanhaga. It's a Pasuk in Eicha. Avaysay l'chot l'v'aynam v'anach m'avaynisay m'savana. Our fathers sinned and they're no longer here. And we suffer the consequences of their sins. So for example, the, the, the time, the door, the generation where Hashem decided he's going to destroy the Besamekdash was the generation of Benasha. Menasha, but that was still many generate many years before the korban actually happened, and even though that was already the the, the so to speak the decision in Shemaim, until it played out here, it was nearly a hundred years later. Same thing we find the family of Yeravam, the family of Yehu, or the family of of Achav, all the big Rishayim of Malchus Yisrael. That Hashem told uh, sent a navi in each case a different navi to, to threaten them that your entire family is going to get destroyed. We don't find that it happened in their lifetime. They died, it happened to their children or their grandchildren. And uh, therefore the question we need to ask and understand is if Russia did something wrong themselves, why would they the ones to suffer the consequences? Why was it only generations later that their descendants suffered the consequences of what they did wrong? Um, Similarly, like we said, the whole of the Jewish people. That uh, the, the Jews who suffered the Hurban, the Jews who suffered going to Godus, were the great-grandchildren maybe of the original Jews who had sinned and Hashem had decided to bring a Hurban. So the question is really two ways. The first question is why, are they, why do they deserve to suffer for their ancestors' sins? That's the one question. And the other question is, well, why didn't the original ancestor who did the sins be the one to be... So to speak, why wasn't he the one to whom the punishment was meted at? In the context of our story here, so then we can ask the same question. And that is, if the sons of Eli were the ones who would, had done wrong, and they're the ones who deserved to be punished, we find that they didn't get punished. They died, but all the punishments which we told about, if people are going to die young, and if they're going to have nothing to eat, and if they're going to be demoted from their the rank in the Kohenna, they themselves never suffered that. So, how do you understand it? So that's the question. Were they aware? Once was the prophecy that all your generations are going to die young. So then, but there is afterwards, the, the family of Ali they knew that uh, never. We, we don't expect to see people live to middle age. You know, every, every man born to family. It's a tragedy because they expected to have his, his Leviah within a few short years. So much so that the Gemara talks about that. There was a place of, again, of people, the Bnei Eli, and uh, I think it was Rabbi Yechanan, who came to visit the place, and he saw there were no old people. 
He said, what, what's wrong with this place? Like, everyone here is a young person? Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, there's this failure, you know, one lives in old age. And Rebbe taught them what they could do to extend their life somewhat. But the children, the sense of age, he knew that. Mm-hmm. Questions you want to talk about? And that is, why weren't the original people who did that very punished? And why, why were their descendants punished? Why do their descendants deserve those people punishment? Now, but this was finished the prophecy. So having then spoken about what's going to happen to the family of Ali, so the Apostle carries on, I'm going to find myself a coin who's reliable, that will do what Hashem wants him to do. And therefore, if he's going to be Naman, he's going to be reliable in doing that. So Hashem will be reliable to him and build him as a family, which will be the family of the coin and who will continue. His dynasty of the new coin is going to be appointed to replace the family of Ali will be one whose dynasty lasts throughout the time of the first place of Mikdash, the name Sheikh means the friend of the king, and as long as there were kings, which means as long as the, the Jewish states of the first place of Mikdash existed, and there was a base of Mikdash, so the Koranim were all descendants of the, the family that Hashem chose to replace Ali. And as we know, that was the family of Tzadik Akoin. Um, even though Tzadik only began the Kohana, so to speak, when they inaugurated the first base of Mikdash, but from then onwards, him and his sons and his grandsons and his descendants became the family of the Kohen Gudel. And that's what Hashem promised, that he's going to be reliable to me, and therefore the, the promise that could have been Adi's, and that is that he would be the dynasty of the Kohen Gudel and was taken away from Adi, and was given instead to Tzadik and his family. If you're speaking about the two sons of Aaron, so Adi, as you know, was a descendant of Isamar, Tzadik was a descendant of Elazar. And therefore, the Kuna went back to Elazar and his descendants rather than Isamar's descendants. And at this point, we'll... And so it says, and like we said, Hashem told Eli, your family is not going to get destroyed, you still will have descendants. Whoever's left in your family and has now been demoted from being a Kayan and therefore won't be able to get his Chaylek in the Karbanis because he's no longer able to serve as a Kayan. But so what will he do? Yahweh, Yishtach of Islam. He'll like straight himself to the Kainim who then have taken over um, for a piece of bread to eat. A Geras Kesef is a small coin of money or a piece of bread. In other words, as opposed to now when you've usurped all the Kamatnas Kohuna by force to enrich yourself, so the reverse is going to be true. You'll, you'll have to beg for food. And the child of Eli will say to the Kainim of the time, Please connect me to one of the groups that call him. Give me something to do. So I'll have a piece of bread too. Once again, it wasn't because there wasn't food for the Kainim. As we saw before, as you'll see from the side, the success of the Kainim will have, but you won't be included in that, and therefore you'll have to, so to speak, humble yourselves to beg for food, or be give some job to do so that you have a piece of bread too. And that's the end of the Nevoah. Um, which was given to Eli. The end of it was given to Eli. And that's, uh, like we saw, it wasn't just that Hashem said he's going to destroy the house of Eli, it's rather he's going to humble the house of Eli. And that was the Melech and What they had, uh, so to speak, taken by force because they felt themselves to be powerful, so then they're going to be be reduced to, to a stage of having to be beggars and have to beg for food.
Because like we saw, the, what the Karnim are given is really, like the Gemara says, if he's been given meat and he's been given the Matan's Karnim, he's meant to see it as, this is the so to speak, I'm a guest at Hashem's table. And if that's the case, like a guest, I don't grab food and demand. Uh, understand what I've been given is, uh, so to speak, something which is, which is a gift, which I have to be grateful for. And when the sons of Eli demanded their rights, and they didn't see the Matan's Karnim as something which was being given to them as a gift by Hashem, so then they felt that they were entitled to it, and not only that, they aggressively took possession of what they what 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 they wanted to get. So then, the is that you will be reduced to the stage where you're going to have to beg even for a piece of bread. In other words, you're not going to have that ability to take. You're not even going to have the rights every client has of getting the chalik and the korbanos. On the contrary, you're going to have to humble yourselves to, just in order to survive. That's the end of the Nevoah which Elkanah gives to A.D. And it's interesting, we don't see any reaction. Nothing. The end of the story, A.D., what is his reaction to hearing this Nevoah? We don't see anything. We don't see he responds to Elkanah, we don't see he, he tries to call on his sons again. We don't see any response at all. Which is just with a question. And what is, question if it's... Question, what was A.D. thinking? In other words, when A.D. got this prophecy, was he thinking that there's nothing for me to do? Or was he thinking that there is still what to do? And the prophecy is coming as a warning rather than as a prediction. And like we said, there's different kinds of ways the work can come. Sometimes the work, most times, the work comes as a warning. And therefore, even if the work is this is what's going to happen, the understanding is this is the warning of what's going to happen unless you do children. And the Torah says that too. There's lots of times that you, uh, you're going to get punished, you're going to get destroyed, you're going to get, you're going to get sent to a goddess. And it's not, be, it's not a prediction, uh, it's, uh, it's more warning. If you don't do chava, then that's what's going to happen. And the best example of this is the story of Yona. Yona goes to Nineveh with a, with a prophecy that Nineveh is going to be destroyed. And Nineveh did chava, Nineveh wasn't destroyed. And Yona was worried, say Chazal, that they would think he's a Navi Shekhar. Because I came with a prediction and it didn't happen. And the answer is, that's not an Avishaka. Your prediction was a warning. That this is what's going to happen, and then standing in the sea, then Shiva. And if you do Shiva, then, okay, then there's no reason to carry out the threat. But if an averse a threat, if an averse a warning, and if therefore there's a possibility of changing, so then the way to receive an averse is, this is what's going to happen unless I do Shiva. But Shiva is still an option. And uh, the best example of that is, Cheskiyah He's lying sick in, his, in, his, in what, what he thought was his deathbed. And the Navi comes and says, you're going to die because you never got married. You never raised a family. Now, he didn't take that as a fait accompli. He didn't take that as, a, as that, that liberty is. He took it as a warning. And he said, and so Cheskiah's response was, okay, so I'm willing to change. I'm willing to get married right now. In other words, you've just told me, Hashem said you're going to die. And I interpret that to mean, Hashem is warning you that you're going to die unless you do trouble. I'm willing to do trouble. Here and there. And, like we know, Cheskiah recovered. He lived for another 15 years. So that was the first one. And then, even if the Nevoah is coming with a dying prediction, the way it understands it is a dying prediction is a warning what's going to be unless a person does Shiva. And the reason for that is because, except for unless there are certain exceptions, like we said, and as Hashem makes a Shiva, when Hashem makes a Shiva, it's a different story. And it means Hashem is saying, I'm not changing this. But normally, a Nevoah doesn't have a Shiva attached to it which means this is a threat of what could be an Etsy Dejava. 
And then the point of the Nevoah was to give people the chance. The point of the Nevoah was to give people the chance, saying, unless you show this is what's going to happen, but the door's still open. The door's still open, and if you could do Tshuva, then this won't happen. In fact, that would be the point of the Novi coming. If it's already a foregone conclusion, so what would, the point of, what would be the point of telling somebody what's going to happen to them when there's nothing they can do about it? Why, 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 would, that, why would that be a, a, any benefit to the person? And therefore, we assume normally in the world to be in a context, and that is, is still possible to correct, it is still possible to change. And if that's the case, we see that the first Nevoah, the Nevoah will come to Eli, where we don't yet find Hashem HaKzushvah. He's just threatening him what's going to happen. It means at this stage, it was still changeable. It was exiled in any wish for, which means this was what's going to happen unless you change, or unless your, ch- your children change. And uh, that's the case. There was still the possibility, there was still the possibility of this gazaria not being carried out, not happening. And that's why there was a, even within the Nevoah itself, there was a, a factor involved, and that is, the sign that this gazera is going to take effect is about to sons down the same day. But if that hasn't yet, if that didn't yet take place, so then the gazera hasn't yet come into effect, so to speak. And therefore, there was no possibility of doing something. And if that's the case, so obviously the question you have to ask is, so why didn't Ali do anything? Having heard such a threat, such a prophecy, of what's going to happen to his, his children and his descendants, and how much they're going to lose out on, why didn't he find any, made any moves to change anything? That's a, that's the first question. Um, now, we see even before this, Eli did try to give us a two cents. We see before he heard the rumors of what they were doing. He called them in and he tried to give them a but it had no effect. Like we saw then, it says that Yeshua the Karavim kichavus Hashem la'misa, and therefore. Because they have been overthrown by Hashem, Hashem wanted to punish them. Now, if that's the case, we have to, we don't know, obviously, we don't have a possible to tell us this, but what you want to know is what was Eli thinking? In other words, when Eli tried to give his son's message and they didn't accept it, so did Eli think that, well, no, there's obviously a reason why. Like the Prophet says, Hashem doesn't want them to accept my words. Obviously, it's too late for them to change. Because Hashem wants That's the point. That's the point of trying again. You know, if this is already, if Eli understood this, that there's already uh, so to speak, a, a decision that they're going to be punished, so then what can I do? But then why would he have been told? But then why would, be, why would there be a purpose in the Nubra? Why would there be a purpose in the Nubra? <coughs> and uh, the other interesting question we have to ask here, is that the Pasuk like, introduced in the Vod Volkana it was to Eli himself. It was Eli himself, and he told him this Nevoah. Lechara, Eli was maybe uh, partially responsible, tangentially responsible, but Chafni and Pinchas were the ones who were much more responsible. And if that's the case, if you're coming to threaten this kind of punishment, so the question is, why don't you go straight to the main culprits? If you want people to change, so then, who's going to do a better job of convincing Chotni and Pinchas to change? Eli who says, "Boys, come in. I, I, I already told you this before. And I will tell you again because I heard from a Navi yesterday this was going to happen, or the Navi himself. If a Navi would come to Chotni and Pinchas and say, I have a message from Hashem for you, this is what's going to happen to you, I would imagine it has much more impact 
and is much more likely to work than telling Eddie who is now going to relay the message to his sons. And if that's the case, Eddie's next question is, why is it not coming to me? Why isn't he going to, if, if the problem is my sons, then why isn't he going to them? Why is he going to them? And if that's the case, what Eddie would understand from that is that there's not, the Navi is not going to them because it's not going to work. So uh, if, not, if the Navi is not going to work, it's not going to work for him to talk to my sons, it's definitely not going to work when I'm going to relate the name of the Navi to my sons. So why is the Navi coming to him? So a little bit back now. The Gemara. The Gemara says, the Oilam, Akadish Baruch, will never change the good there, which he decided uh, to one of punishment with one exception. And that is, at the time of the Chorban Yashalayim. So they were Rishayim Yashalayim, but they were also Tzadikim Yashalayim. And Hashem said to the Malach to go down and write a tough on the heads of the Tzadikim, a tough Fatihim. In other words, that the Tzadikim would be some kind of symbol on their heads, that they would be spared the suffering, they would be spared the slaughter at the time of the Chorban. They were Tzadik. And uh, the Midas Tzadik, says the Gemara, came to Hashem and said, Hashem, why are you sparing them? If, if everyone else is getting killed and butchered and taken to the drag to slavery and to the servitude in bubble, why are these people being different? So listen to what Hashem says. Hashem says because they're tzaddikim, they kept the entire terror. We're talking not about just the average man and he wasn't as bad. No, Hashem's own admission. Hashem is giving evidence about these people that they were tzaddikim where we kept the whole terror. And the Nurse then says, well, then why didn't they, why wouldn't they make that? Why didn't they object to the various that they saw going on around them. And Hashem's answer to that is, because it wouldn't have helped. The Rishon was so set on their, in their wickedness that, uh, there was, that even the Naveen didn't help them. So the Tzaddikim are going to have more of an effect. Uh, if you have Yirmiyahu Anavi and Yechazka Anavi, uh, Naveen, you're coming with Hashem's uh, statistic message, you're going to get out to go, so you're going to get destroyed, the Basim is going to get burnt. And that's having no effect, so that you want the Tzaddikim to uh, to call them over and like, have a heart-to-heart and tell them, guys, you're doing the wrong thing. It won't have an effect either. And the minister then says to Hashem, that doesn't pass to them from trying. It might not have worked, they were going to try. And I listen to what it says. The Gemara says that this is the one time Hashem retracted a merciful judgment and he calls back the Malach and he says, the top that you were meant to write on the head of the Tadehim, rewrite it with that a tough of dam, instead of being a tough of Tichia, it's going to be a tough of Thomas. And therefore, the, at the time of the Chorban, nobody was spared. And Sadiqim got killed too. But now we see an incredible point here. And that is, and that is, that there could be a, con- a concept that a person is a Tzadik and he deserves to get saved, but he gets punished. He gets punished because he didn't object to what his daughter was doing. He didn't try and prevent them from what they were doing wrong. And even though it was very unlikely, it would have helped. We're not talking about uh, a dar who was making mistakes and if you just showed them up, they would be grateful to you. We're talking about obstinate sinners. The, the Naveen didn't manage to have an effect on them. But it doesn't make a difference. If a person that doesn't patter a person from his objection to, to speak out against what's wrong. Uh, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I heard from Moshe Steinbach who was a Bachar in Shnei Zeshiv in London during the Holocaust. And of course, in England they were aware of what was going on in the war. And they had heard stories of what was happening to Jews all over Europe. And uh, obviously there was nothing to do about it, but they came to us of Shnei, the Rosh Hashiva. Who was the Rosh Hashiva? Rav Shnei, of London. 
אומר שיש לה את זה, אני אסתם, זה פעם ברחוב אצלך, אני אסתם, But because I never publicly objected to what was going on around them, they were included in the in the in the slots, they were included in the destruction, in the carnage. Is it the same thing? No one was standing is it the Khabit Khaim stood up. Khabit Khaim yelled shouted again and again about how terrible what's happened to Khaish and we've got to stop it, we've got to stand up, we've got to come and make them a khab. But after people just accepted it, this is this is the Matthias. Eighty percent of Jews are going off the derech. there's no minion in most cities, people aren't having Brismid anymore, no one's keeping Shabbos. Oh, that's the way it is. And then there was no longer uh, some, anyone being moicha, so to speak, objecting to what was happening. So they got included. And does it, does it mean that if they would have objected or would have worked? No. The Chavit Chaim spent his life writing and, and shouting against what was going on. It made no difference. The people who were obstinate in becoming communists or becoming socialists or becoming uh, revisionists, whatever else they were becoming, didn't, didn't pay any attention to the Chavit Chaim. But it doesn't make a difference. And that is, it's because, and we see here, it's all the same you say. And that is, it's not just that I have to speak against what's wrong, because I think that the other person is going to change and listen to me. It's because I can't allow a khil Hashem to happen and keep quiet. If I see a khil Hashem, I'm going to keep quiet, that means I'm a passive participant. It doesn't hurt me enough to do anything. And therefore, even if it's not going to change what they do, even if it's not going to reform them, but for me, at least I'm saying, I, I don't accept this. I, I, I'm not mashing in my material. I don't, so to speak, just resign myself to the fact that this is the way things are. And then I said, Bishay and Mustafa. And I said, when they saw in some of the Shabbos, the Shabbos isn't for them. They weren't even here, it's for you. It affects me if somebody else is Mechal Shabbos. I can't just passively accept it. Shout for yourself, Shabbos. That's not the way it's meant to be. And that was the mistake of the Dara al-Khurb. Tzadikim. Tzadikim. But they knew they were living with Rishayim. And they knew that there was no chance that Rishayim were doing Chava. The Nabim hadn't been able to dent, to dent them at all, to move them one bit. Okay, that's what, what can we do? That's the way it is. We're living in the Dara Rishayim. Don't accept it. That's a Chil Hashem. If you, you, you were to see people doing the wrong thing with equanimity and it doesn't make any difference to you, then you're a passive participant in that area. And therefore, that's in this year side here as well. We get back to where we started here. Chafni and Pinchas were guilty of Chilul Hashem. Hashem didn't want them to change, but Hashem wanted to punish them. And that's why they didn't listen to their father. And that's why also they didn't listen, to, there was no point sending the Novi to them. Because if they were guilty of Chilul Hashem, then, then they deserve to get punished. But the Novi came to Eli. Because you, Eli, are also responsible for not doing enough to object. And therefore, the point of the Novi coming to Eli was you meant to do children. You meant to do Chavah too. This is the directed to you, not to your sons. But then they overkill Hashem. If we have to bring into the modern day example, if the Holocaust came for all those Jews who abandoned Hashem and gave up the Torah and weren't keeping Shabbos, that's where maybe it began from. It started in Germany, which was the seat of reform and the, and the, the anti-Torah movements of the world. But if no one else is objecting, it's going to spread to you too because you're also, you're also responsible for this. 
And therefore, the message to Eddie was, it's true. Your children aren't going to change. They're going to die. Like said, the starting point is your two sons are going to die together. For them, it's too late. But there's a complaint against you. You saw this happening. You were in control. It was on your watch, so to speak. Why didn't you do You didn't do enough to stand up to it. And not because it would have made a difference, but because for your sake, you should have stood up to it. You should have said, I don't accept this. It's not to say what my sons are doing. I, I, I publicly say that I'm, I don't do, that the way the West Minister is running is not right. Because otherwise you're tacitly giving approval to Khil Nashim. And therefore the message to Ali was, you have to do the truth. And we don't know what Ali did. Again, like I said, the Navi doesn't tell us Ali's response. But we do know that the, that the, the Navua came true. We know the Navua came true. And we know that, uh, and we know the Navua came true. It could be that Ali felt, well, I'm going to have to talk to my sons again. It didn't work. They're not going to change. But the Yisod wasn't because they're going to change. The Yisod is for you. You have to stand up and you have to shout out against what's wrong. You have to publicly say, I'm not involved in this. You're in the low hope of We weren't involved in this corruption. I'm against it. And, and that's why the Navi came to Ali. That's why the Navi came to Ali. The killer, there was a tain on him. That was the, the first part. Um, what do you want to talk about? It's late. So then in the next year we'll start with the discussion which we began with tonight and then we chance to get to. And that is, so why is Ali punished? What's the, why is it fair to punish his descendants generations later for a sin that they didn't do for some of their ancestors? Like I said, this is a big point in Ashkafa because this is a repetitive theme throughout the Tanakh. So let's show the next year we'll talk about it. He could have fought.